Welcome to the PubCast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. All right, so welcome to the PubCast. I'm Tracy Campbell. We're recording on Monday, November 23rd, 2015. And today we're speaking with Amanda Nelson, who's the managing editor of BookRiot.com. Thanks for joining us, Amanda. Thanks for having me. So you have been an avid reader. I was listening to the Reading Lives podcast, and you said that you were placed in advanced reading while you were in school, and now you're the managing editor of Book Riot. Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved with the company? You've been writing for them since 2011, I believe. Um, yeah, well, I started a book blog, um, oh gosh, so many years ago, called Dead White Guys. It was about classic literature. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. And our founder, uh, the founder of Bookwright, Jeff O'Neill, started his own book blog called The Reading Ape at about the same time, and we found each other somehow in the book blogosphere. I think it was on Twitter. I don't really remember. Um, so we became kind of internet friends um, before he founded Bookwright, and then when he got the idea with his friend Clint, who's our CFO, to start the company, um, he asked me and about a dozen other bloggers that he was friends with to be the initial like wave of writers, of contributors. So I started off just as a contributor when he founded uh, the site because we knew each other from the internet and he liked my blog about, about classic literature. So, um, And as the company grew, I took on more and more responsibilities and then eventually became part-time staff and then full-time staff and now I run the daily operations so it's I, I kind of climbed the ladder, but we didn't have a ladder. We just like invented it as we went along. So that's how that happened. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the advantages I've seen with starting with startups is that there's you kind of make your own way of it. Like you're creating your own site as it goes along. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, and for those of us or those uh, <laughs> listeners who may not be familiar with Book Riot, I was actually trying to explain it to my roommate. Uh, we're all very bookish, of course, in this apartment. What Book Riot is, and I wasn't doing a very good job because they have a little bit of everything. Um, they have quizzes and they have blogs, and uh, your first post, I believe, was something about Charles Dickens. It was a haiku one, uh, doing book reviews in haiku form, which oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I might try doing that. I think it would be fun. It is fun. It's a fun. It's an interesting writing exercise. So, how, how would you summarize Book Riot to someone who didn't know what it was? Um, uh, well, my, I guess that's like my, my elevator pitch when people ask me, you know, what do you do? And then they don't understand what I'm talking about. So, um, I, I usually tell people that, uh, Book Riot is a collection of really passionate book bloggers who we brought together on one platform with advertising so that we could pay them to write about books because, you know, most book bloggers aren't making money, um, doing their own personal blogs unless they have a significant audience. But when we bring them all together, we're able to generate enough advertising to pay the writers to write about whatever they want. And we have so many contributors at this point, um, a little over a hundred that there's something on the site every day for every kind of reader, whether you're really into literary fiction or romance or classics or sci-fi or, or some mixture thereof. Um, there's something there for you every day. And that's our goal is to represent, uh, readers of all stripes, of all tastes, of all um, preferences. Um, and also diversity is really important to us. So we try to represent readers from all kinds of backgrounds and ethnicities and, um, you know, like sexual orientation and all of that, male, female. So we, we really try to be um, the kind of go-to bookish stop for every reader, no matter what you're into. And that's what we do. <laughs> awesome. Um, and so you mentioned you have, you know, about 100 contributors. Do you 
Um, and as managing editor, do you like hear pitches about what they want to write about, or is it just kind of like a, a free space for them to to talk? How does that process work? It's generally a free space. Once we bring somebody on, um, the the application process is fairly rigorous. They have to give us writing samples to be accepted, and then once they're accepted, they have to go through a, a trial. Uh, process, which involves a couple of writing a couple of guest posts for the site. So we make sure that they're a good fit um, before they become an official contributor. And then at that point, we trust them enough to to understand the voice of the site. Um, and we trust them enough to write about something that will be interesting to the readers and interesting to them. So they don't really have to pitch things to me. We do do long form pieces occasionally. Um, so if, if something is going to be over like 1500 words, I do ask them to run that by me because that's a lot of work and I don't want them to um, dump that much time into something that's not going to get any kind of response or engagement. So uh, that's really it. The long form stuff I do want them to talk to me about, but other than that, I let them write whatever they want. And if I, if they need feedback or I think something needs to be changed, then we have a conversation about it. But usually they just do whatever. Okay. And so you mentioned engagement. What sort of role would you say like social media has as far as engaging, like getting articles out there and engaging with, with readers and helping like contributors really build that portfolio? Because that's what contributors do with when they're contributing to a site, of course. Yeah. Um, well, BookRite wouldn't exist without social media, especially Twitter and Facebook. We're on every, pretty much every platform. Um Pinterest and Tumblr, and we have active audiences on Goodreads and all of that, but Facebook and Twitter are our most engaged. Obviously, I mean, they're everybody's, every media company's most engaged social media channels are Facebook and Twitter. Um, but yeah, we do um, have, let me see, last time I checked, we have about 400,000 Facebook followers and a little over 100,000 Twitter followers, and that's where the majority of our traffic comes from, is those two places. Okay, so not necessarily a bunch of people just going to book riot on their own they find the articles mostly through those social medias yeah um or our newsletters we've got a bunch of newsletter subscribers um we don't i mean i I think it's pretty common for a media site to not have a lot of traffic from people just coming to the actual homepage or typing in the homepage you know bookriot.com um most of our traffic comes from social engagement yeah all right so what would you say is your favorite part about your job like what do you what do you like the most about being a managing editor and, and writer for Book Riot? Oh, it's such a nerdy job. There's so much to love. <laughs> um, I, I guess my favorite part is probably the evangelism aspect of it. I have this huge platform. You know, Book Riot's the largest independent um, book editorial site in North America. And so I have this considerable platform to talk about whatever books I, I feel like need a, a larger audience. And that... Um, that's probably my favorite part. It feels very much like I'm, I'm, I'm doing not a service, but I'm providing something for readers by giving them uh, books that they might not necessarily have heard of before. And it's not just me. I mean, our contributors do that as well, but just the fact that we can do that, that we have this big platform to talk about books and to kind of spread the love. It's my favorite. I love it so much. <laughs> awesome. Um, what would you say for, cause of course we're all in school and we're, we're studying to be, editors and, and ebook developers, what skills would you find most useful in your job? The stuff that you've picked up? Oh, um, skills. Hmm. That's a good question that I did not consider. You know, right. Writing and being able to read aside. Cause of course those are necessary. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, writing. Yeah. I mean, you have to, but you have to be able to write differently. Like when I'm, when I sit down to write, like a personal essay about how some book has influenced my life or my children or whatever. 
you know, that, that, that requires a different set of writing skills than when I'm sitting down to write a tweet. If you're planning on being, uh, any kind of like social media editor or any kind of, um, like digit working in the digital world when it comes to books, you're probably going to end up having to do social media at some point as you climb that ladder. And so you have to know how to change your voice when you go from Facebook to Twitter to writing in your own voice for, um, for your own personal stuff. So like my personal essays are not necessarily in the voice of book riot, but I am the voice of book riots, Twitter and Facebook. And so you have to know how to switch back and forth. Like you don't necessarily keep the same voice the whole time. So that is, I guess that that's a skill I didn't have before, before I got this job. Cause I never needed to, you know, I tweeted from my own Twitter and just said whatever I wanted, but, but now I have to be able to switch it off and switch back and forth between saying what I want to say and then speaking in the voice of the brand, which isn't necessarily my personal voice. It is a little bit because I'm the managing editor, but not entirely. So yeah, that's a, that's a new skill. Um, so you mentioned uh, evangelism, kind of using Book Riot to, you know, talk, talk about the books and the, the issues in with books that you find most prevalent. So how would you say like you find material for your posts? Like what inspires you when you're writing? Um, well, it depends. I, every, I, everything kind of becomes po like fodder for writing. Cause I mean, that's just the nature of being a writer, not necessarily being an editor or a blogger or whatever, but as, as somebody who processes my lived experience through books and writing, everything that I go through in life, I'm constantly thinking about how I want to write about it. Even if it never makes it to the site, even if it has nothing to do with books, you know, I'm still going to write about it somewhere. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it. And then of course, I, I mean, I get, I read constantly. So that's always, and I always have thoughts about what I'm reading. So that's always, you know, fodder there. And then I pay attention, but obviously, I mean, a big part of my job is to sit down during the day and kind of go through the news of publishing and what's going on in the reading world. And then, um, distribute what I think, if I think that Book Riot should have a voice in a particular topic, I'll tap a contributor to write about it. Um, so if there's like, for example, when Justin Trudeau won the Canadian election or, you know, well, that's kind of not the right way to put that because of how Canadian politics are, but whatever, whatever. When Justin Trudeau became the new prime minister, we had one of our contributors in Canada write a thing about um, how she wanted him to focus more on literacy. So there's a lot of, um, kind of what am I trying to say? Like modern current events. That's the word. There are a lot of current events happening in the world that that have bookish elements to them. So there's always something to talk about. And if I don't have time to do it, then I just have it, one of the contributors do it. Okay. Uh, and you're also a podcaster. You're host of the Get Book Podcast, mm -hmm. which I love. Thank you. <laughs> I listen to it all the time. Um, what, uh, how did you begin that? Like, was there a, a process that you wanted to include? Book Riot has several podcasts. I also listened to Dear Book Nerd. Mm -hmm. uh, that was actually the first podcast I ever really listened to. Um, is it something that Book Riot as a whole comes up with, or was it like your idea that you then pitched to Jeff O'Neill? Um, well, it started because the, the main Book Riot podcast, it's a weekly show about, um, what's happening in the world of books, like book news. And that's usually hosted by Jeff O'Neill and Rebecca Shinsky. Rebecca Shinsky is our, um, director of content and community and product development. And I am on that show every like, like once a month so that I rotate out with them so they can have a break once a month. And, um, we did, the three of us got together last year to do uh, a holiday book recommendation show last December. 
and where, you know, people could write in, I want to buy a book for my dad, but I, you know, he likes fishing and NASCAR. What should I get him? You know, what book should I get him? And we would recommend books to people. And that show, ever since we started the podcast, we do it every year and it always does so well. People like it so much. And it keeps getting, as the, as the podcast grows and subscribers, we kept getting more and more questions and it gets harder and harder to fit it all into one, you know, one episode. And so last year when we did the show and it was huge and it did really well, um, Jeff, I think it was, I think it was Jeff, I don't remember, said something like, man, this would be a good like standalone podcast idea if we just broke it off and had people write in um, and did it like twice a month. We've got plenty of requests for it. I, you know, it w- I think it would do really well. And I agreed with him and, and I volunteered to host it because I, I love doing like reader's advisory stuff. I was a bookseller um, before I started a book riot. So recommending books to people who were looking for really specific and weird stuff is kind of like a thing I really enjoy. So I volunteered to host it and it's been going really well. We're on like our seventh or eighth episode. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Um, and you know, kind of getting into the more, uh, existential is the closest word I can think of, uh, topics. Uh, how would you say that your work with Book Riot has really like shaped you as a reader and a writer, and like your opinions on publishing in the book industry? It totally changed like everything that I <laughs> everything about my reading life is different now. Um, when I started book blogging, I pretty much exclusively read classics, and obviously, I mean, my my blog was called Dead White Guys, an irreverent take on classic literature, and so that's all I read, and that's all I wrote about, and I liked it, and it was fine. Um, but then when I came on to Book Riot, I kept hearing about all of these contemporary authors that, um, you know, I'd never heard of or never been interested in reading or whatever, but I was hearing about it from like Rebecca and Jeff and people whose taste I trusted. Um, so I kind of stuck my toe into contemporary literature when I started a book riot. And then when I got a job, it was a combination of that. And when I started working at, um, at a bookstore, my boss was essentially like, you have to read people who are alive because we don't carry a lot of classics <laughs> in the store. So you're going to have to change that. I'm like, okay, fine. So those two factors, starting a book writer, working in the bookstore, totally changed how I read. And now I still read the classics, but not nearly as much. Um, and obviously my writing changed because I, I was changing focus. Um, I had never really thought about the diversity of what I was reading. I mean, when, you, when you're reading nothing but classical literature, you're obviously just re- I mean, obviously I was a little bit aware of it because I called it Dead White Guys, but I thought it was funny. But then eventually I got to a point where I wasn't okay with it anymore, and that was because of working a book riot and starting to understand how like systemic racism and stuff like that affects the publishing industry, which is a thing I'd never considered before because I wasn't in the industry. So it didn't matter to me, I guess. Um, but it matters to me now. And now I care a lot about, you know, publishing is this huge giant battleship and trying to steer it. No one person can do that. You know, it's a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar multinational industry. And so, um, but now I care about steering it a little bit and I'm trying to like do things to help change publishing, which I never gave a thought to before I started working here. Okay. Um, so of course, electronic publishing, um, is big right now. Although, although we are seeing a fall, they said in ebook sales, Uh um, but it's still, of course, like it's it's going to be around. Every pretty much everything's digital now. Um, although print is certainly not dead either. And what role do you see like Book Riot playing in the future of electronic publishing? Of course, it's all online and it's podcasts and it's tweets. Um, you guys do do um, quarterly subscription boxes, which are cool. I actually subscribe to that. Yay! <laughs> uh, 
I already have so many books on my shelf. I need. I know, I know. And we hear that all the time. Like, I get this box, and then the books, I just put them over here on my TBR with the other hundred books on my TBR. Yeah, that that's actually yeah. what inspired me to start this book blog. Is like I counted all my books, and it's like there's at least a hundred on my shelves that I haven't read. So I'm not gonna buy any more, and I'm gonna write or I'm gonna read and review all these books. And of course, I'm still buying more books. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, what what uh. How do you see, like, Book Riot playing in the future in electronic publishing? Like, any changes you can see coming to that or effects that it might have on the industry? I'm not into... I don't know. We don't... Um, I mean, I think that Book Riot is going to have a lot to do with how... Or has had already and will continue to have a lot to do with how um, print book media has changed. You know, like, like not a lot of people get... A, a printed newspaper with a book review section anymore. Uh, you know, a lot of book review sections have folded because there are so many blogs and there's so much new book media happening on the internet. But as far as like actual like eBooks, I don't know that we're going to have much to do with that. I mean, we do, um, we do a daily deal, which is almost, almost entirely eBooks. Um, so we are putting a spotlight on eBooks every day, but that's, it's not because we like care about it. I mean, we're not trying to make, ebooks or physical books um pre like more prevalent than the other it just happens to be that they go on sale more often so i don't know um i think that ebooks themselves will start to get more interactive and st i mean you've already seen that since like kindle and goodreads joined together you can share quotes from the mm -hmm. book you're reading on your kindle to your goodreads account and stuff like that and i think just the fact that book riot is so big and all of these other bookish social networks and book media sites are so big that publishers are starting to kind of be forced to think about making ebooks more interactive and more social. Even though reading is inherently a solitary thing, it's becoming a more social thing, ironically, I guess. Um, so I don't know that it's us specifically making these changes so much as it is we're part of this larger conversation of how the digital world is changing how people read in general. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't think ebooks are going away either. I'm, I don't have I mean, I don't work for a publisher, so I don't have concrete theories about why ebook sales are falling, but I feel like it probably has something to do with, like, the agency pricing stuff and all that, you know, like, complicated, weird pricing things. But I don't think it's going away. I don't think print books are going away either, so. Oh, no. No, I, I still have that, you know, Beauty and the Bees library in my in my future. At some oh, point. me too. I'm so there. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure every reader, when they saw that movie, was like, oh, my God, I need that in my life. Mm -hmm. How can I have this? And I also always have a book on my phone. So, you know, like there's room for, I think most readers are hybrid and it's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> that, that was actually my next question. If you have a preference, because I know, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm partial to either. I, I would say that I'm, I'm pragmatic in, in the type of book. Like if I, like there, there's a time and place, like if I'm traveling, I, I would have an ebook with me, not necessarily like I'm currently reading, uh, winter, the, new book the final book in the lunar chronicle series yeah. mm -hmm. but it's huge it's eight like, almost 900 pages and oh hardcover gosh, of course really? and i'm like i can't i can't be taking this everywhere with me on the t it's it's too heavy um so i have ebook as well to literally take it with me wherever i go without needing the the physical strain um but you like do you think you have a preference one or the other or um I prefer to read in print, um, like when I'm just lounging about, because I, I work online and so I'm staring at a screen all day. 
And so I don't want to put one screen down and pick up another one. It just hurts my eyes. Like I don't, it's not because of any, like, I think one is objectively better. It just, my eyes get tired. Um, so I prefer to read and print when I'm at home, but when I'm out, I, I just keep a, I keep a book on my phone, whether it's, um, like through overdrive, my library app or, or scribd or whatever. Um, just so that I don't have to, like you said, I don't have to carry one around. So I'm always, I'm kind of polygamous with books. I'm always in more than one at once reading a couple of books at once. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me really. It's just whatever's most convenient for me at the moment, which is how I think most people are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, winding down, do you have any recommendations for people like who want to start reviewing or podcasting or like get into that, that online book community? Hmm. Um, I think that the, the reason, well, rewind, the reason why I started my book blog back when I started it is because there was nobody talking about classics in the book blogosphere in any way that wasn't academic. Like there were a couple of classics bloggers, but they were kind of dry and very serious. And so there was, there was a vacuum for what I wanted to talk about. Like I wanted to talk about classics in a way that was funny and, and, you know, goofy and irreverent. And so that didn't exist. So I made it. So I think that that's my biggest piece of advice for people who are going to blog or start a podcast is you want to do this thing because you, because there's a conversation missing. Like obviously you want to talk about a certain aspect of reading or you want to talk about reading in a, in a way that you're not finding anywhere else. No one else is feeling that need for you. So you're going to do it. So I think just find, find a a new thing to talk about. Like if you're just going to, if you're going to make a book blog and do blog tours and cover reveals and, you know, only positive reviews three times a week, then you're joining a chorus of book blogs that already exist, which is fine. Like if that's what you want to do, then do it, do it all day long. Um, but if your goal is to get like a larger readership or to, or to say something interesting or contribute in a different way, um, then you've really got to find something that's not being done already and talk about the re I mean, the, the reading life is infinite. There's so many angles and aspects and, and things like that that you can discuss. And so I don't know, just don't be boring. That sounds kind of mean. And I don't mean it. I don't mean it meanly. But um, there's no there's nothing worse than like a boring book blog. When we get when we do our, uh, our open call every spring for new contributors, I have to tell people like, don't send us blog posts about how good books smell. You know, don't send us blog posts about how much you love Little House on the Prairie when you were a kid. Like those are universal things that you're not saying anything new or um, provocative or, or thought provoking. I mean, it's a warm, fuzzy thing and everyone will agree with you and that's fine. But I don't know. I just find that kind of boring. Say something cool and weird and, and I don't know, controversial and interesting and fascinating. Do that. And I will listen to your podcast all day long. <laughs> yep. Yep. We were, we were talking about that in a class launching a magazine, just finding that like, e- even if it's kind of being talked about, maybe it's not being talked about the way that you want to talk about it or, right. or so, like something's missing from that conversation. So you Mm -hmm. can add your voice to it rather than just saying what everyone else is saying. And there's always room, you know, like the blogosphere is much bigger than it was when I started, but there's still, and there's YouTube now, like booktube is this giant, huge, fast growing thing that we just discovered this year. So, you know, like there's always a new platform and a new, and they're doing totally different stuff on booktube than book bloggers are doing because the, you know, it's an infinite conversation. There's always something to be said. Um, so like, don't think that you have to come up with some new radical idea and, you know, everything that you think has been said before. It's probably not true. You know, even though it is big and kind of intimidating the, the book blogging world, you know, there's always something to say, I think. 
Um, last question, and I was considering asking what your favorite book is, but as a reader, like, I hate that question, because I can never choose. It's like, <laughs> oh, what am I, like, what am I really into right now? Yeah. Um, so, if you start in a book, not necessarily, you don't have to be the protagonist, but, like, if you start in a book, what genre would you want the book to be, and what role would you want to have? Oh, um, hmm. This might just be because I just read this book called Grim Space by Anna Geary, but it was like a, a Firefly type uh, space opera western with this like really kick butt female protagonist, and I want to live in it. So I feel like that's that might be my answer is like a really um, adventurous, maybe steampunk. That'd be fun. I don't know. Oh gosh, this is hard <laughs> genre. Um, I think either science fiction or steampunk because literary fiction, while I love it, it's always so sad and depressing and it's always about like rich people's problems. Um, and I don't want to deal with those. I'd rather like go on a fun adventure and like defeat a bad guy and I don't know, swashbuckle. I want to swashbuckle. <laughs> Did you ever read um, the Leviathan series, Scott Westerfeld's? No, life? it's on my list and it's on my list because of all the podcasts that I listen to because I can't <laughs> so great it's like it's a steampunk alternate history of world war one um and the, the main character is this girl who um how to shortly describe she dresses like a boy so that she can join the army and fly or i guess it's the the air force or whatever the british military in this steampunk version of world war one and become a pilot and she's so kick butt and has all these amazing great adventures in this weird steampunk world and ever since I read that, I've been like, that's, that's just like, sounds like so much fun. I would like to live that life. Uh, that does sound really fun, actually. Although I am not the best flyer, so probably not the career I'd go for. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be the person like sitting down telling people what to do. Yeah. So that, that's what I would want. I'm always pro-sitting. Don't, please don't send me into battle. I'm, I'm scared of guns. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Well, those are all the questions I have. Um... Thank you again for joining me. Thanks for having me. This has been great. I'll let you get back. I'm sure you have a busy schedule on Monday. Yay. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Amanda. This has been The Pubcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org.